Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this boutique journey. I'm excited to introduce you to one of my good friends today. Her name is Gabrielle Bernstein. She's a New York Times bestselling author of eight books. Yes, eight, you guys. And she's like just a little bit older than me. So she's been hard at work (laughs) during her life. She's a spiritual teacher, an author, and an international speaker. I am lucky enough to be one of her students as her being my mentor Honestly, Gabby has taught me so much about how to incorporate mindset into my business. And I know so many of you really resist the mindset work. Now, there's some of you listening who are like, oh, no, Emily, I- I'm there for the mindset work. I get I get it. I'm with you. You know, I've seen it change my life. And then there's some of you still resisting. And I want to welcome you, resistors. I want to welcome you to this podcast with someone who also used to be a resistor, me. I used to resist tapping into myself, doing the personal development work. I would do it here and there. I would meditate and think that was all good. Uh, But really, for me, I always thought the solution was in the work, was in the marketing technique, was in the solution from a business guru. And as Gabby's new book called You Are the Guru lays out, you truly are the guru. There's so much wisdom. There's so much knowledge just right inside of you that can help you become a better person, help you become a better business person. I hope this podcast episode really demystifies what mindset and spirituality and its relationship to business truly is. Mindset work is the routine. It's the journaling. It's the waking up at the same time every day. It might be the meditation. It might be the long drive that you need to be alone. Mindset work isn't some woo fancy thing. It's really just focusing on the fact that you have with inside you everything you need to be an amazing person. You were born worthy of this life. And as you start to tap into what that feels like for you and what that means specifically for your life and your business, you start to uncover what your gifts are. You start to uncover where your light can shine. And in this episode, Gabby talks about some of her routines, some of her practices, and some of the things that you know she's overcome in this journey a lot of you know some of the things I've overcome, and, and a lot of that has been because of mindset work. You know, my whole next book called The Retail Mindset 
is all about how to start doing this work for yourself in a way that truly complements and enhances your business. I'm excited for this episode. I do want to let you know before we jump into it that... Just this week, Gabby came out with a new book on Audible, which I know you guys love audiobooks, so you're going to love this one. Like I mentioned before, it's called You Are the Guru, Six Messages to Move You Through Difficult Times with Certainty and Faith. You can learn more about how to download this book by either going over to Audible and searching You Are the Guru or heading over to GabbyBernstein.com forward slash you dash r dash the dash guru. We'll put that link in the show notes below, but I hope you enjoy this interview. It's pretty raw and real, and I hope that it serves you during this time. Gabby, I'm so excited to have you on the Booster Boutique podcast because so many of my people already know you, already follow you, but now we get to have a real conversation about life and work and mindset. So I'm psyched that you're here. I'm so happy to be here because I love you so deeply and there's a few relationships in my life that have sort of broken that fourth wall of teacher and friend, which, you know, as you know, I've got some good boundaries around that stuff, but with you, it was like, nah, she's my friend. We're friends. I know. I I remember (laughs) I came to a Kripali summer event in 2016. And I think that I came really just to be like, okay, how is she running her business? Like I was like Mm -hmm. watching you set your boundaries, run the event, do all the things. And of course, then I had massive mindset breakthroughs at the event too, but I've always looked at you as just such a savvy businesswoman. And I think that's what a lot of people maybe don't see because you're such a big spiritual teacher, but you have had a business for 18 years now? Yeah. Oh my God. 20, (laughs) almost 20 years. I've been an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like right out of college, right? You were like Mm -hmm, doing PR. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You were kind of a club mm -hmm. girl, which we love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started my first business at 21. So yep. Almost 20 years as an entrepreneur. And then I began doing the work I'm doing now when I was 25. For a long time, you were doing it on your own. I mean, you were really like a solopreneur running your PR agency. And then I will never forget the story of you setting up your own chairs at your talks as you started to do talks around New York City. Tell me what it felt like as you were running it all by yourself. Did it feel like you were the only one that could do it? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that think, I have to do it on my own and I'm the only one that can really grow this business. Yeah, I probably spent the first 16 years of my business, um, my, uh, my spiritual business, thinking that no one could really help me. No one could really do it the way I thought it should be done. And that was really to my detriment because it made me physically unwell. Look, you know, I can fondly look back at the time that you're referring to and, you know, think about how scrappy I was and my ability to just put on an event and let people like, you know, I did let some people support me. In fact, one of the women who would set up the chairs in the room with me is now actually working for our team full time. So that's a real Alyssa, who is just like an angel in my life and has so that's a real nice full circle. You know, somebody who supported me way back then is now now working full time here. So there is there are moments like that, but 
the team, my team was always extremely um, under serviced in the sense that they didn't have enough support and that in effect never gave me the support I needed up until really recently. Just even in the last month, we've been restructuring our team. We're hiring five people right now. Don't send me your resumes because by the time this goes out, I will probably have hired and completed those. Just check LinkedIn. Don't email me. <laughs> check LinkedIn. We had over 1,000 resumes submitted for each, each job. And so it's a real testament to the times, of course, and the, you know we're in a time where people are looking for work and employment. But a lot of people applying for those jobs already had jobs. They just really want to work for a mission-driven company. But the, the message is, is that I worked for many, many years understaffed, even up until a month ago, even with a, ta- a team of 16 people-ish, I still, we still didn't, you know, really, I, and it all comes from the top, right? It all comes from the leadership. I didn't recognize that I was at a stage or that the business was at a stage where we could have an in-house webmaster or we could have, you know, it's just like the programming bleeds into even when you hire people to help you run it, right? So that reorganizing that programming that it should be scrappy, we can, you know, we can get, we can make it happen has taken me 20 years to undo. And it is an important belief system when you're first starting out that, you know, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can create it. But my love, you and I both know that that can also lead to very destructive behaviors and workaholic patterns. So I always say now with so much retrospect that we must, as we start a business, start to get in the habit. It's a habit, the habit of receiving help the habit of asking for help, even if it's from an intern or even if it's from a $10 an hour person, just get into the habit of outsourcing or a freelancer, get into the habit of outsourcing, get into the habit of, of asking for help. And it's a pattern, particularly for people who have uh, attachment breach as children or neglect as children, or if someone who has in some way felt um, experienced any childhood trauma or even the belief system, you know, parents that were overworking and not around, or a belief system that uh, that I have to take care of myself, however that may have been developed. That is often an underlying core belief system that many entrepreneurs who have those types of childhood experiences, which frankly, you know, shame is a, you know, the shame of being left or the shame of being uh, detached uh, or disconnected is a ubiquitous emotion, right? It's a ubiquitous emotion. So we have these experiences where we have an attachment breach and then we create a belief system that I have to do it all. I have to take care of myself because no one's there to take care of me. So if that resonates and you're seeing this show up in your adult life as an entrepreneur, maybe get a therapist and start to unpack that. Yeah. Start to unpack that. I mean, a lot of my work stuff really came out of childhood stuff and now stuff around not feeling lovable. Like what? Like that doesn't seem like something that would be, I mean, come on, like I'm out in the world, like people are writing me great reviews, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's the root. It's like, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And when you go to that deeper spot, you're like, oh, okay. And only I found when you get to the root cause, and you've taught me this, can you truly heal it? Because you can heal, you can work on your mindset, you can do all the spiritual practices you want, 
But until you get to that root cause, it's all just a little bit of band-aids. It's a, it's a lot of band-aids, yeah. And the band-aids are important because not everyone, as you can see for yourself and as I've been able to see for myself, not everyone can get to that realization of, oh, no, I believe I'm unlovable. They can't get there overnight. It's been a journey, a very beautiful personal growth and spiritual journey that you've been on that I've had the privilege of witnessing that you've been on where you've been able to year after year develop more and more safety, more and more safety, more and more safety through your spiritual band-aids and through your, you know, therapy or whatever else you were doing, meditating to get safer and safer and safer. And then to come to a place where you can say, oh, I don't feel lovable. And that's why I've been a workaholic. You know, it's like, we want to just sort of be like, like, I can't look back at the last 20 years and say that, oh, I wish I'd, you know, figured this stuff out sooner. No, it's been a perfect development. Because if we just are uh, hit over the head with the reality of our dysfunctional childhoods or the moments of feeling abandoned or whatever may have triggered these feelings of shame and inadequacy and feeling unlovable, if we're hit over head with that, we will not survive. So as our human condition is to titrate slowly into the acceptance of what what was. So the band-aids have been effective. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think one of my favorite quotes is business is ultimately a spiritual practice. And -hmm. I think that's why so many entrepreneurs find themselves in these spots where their mindset, their wounds are really being challenged on a daily basis, whether it's from other people, whether it's from their customers, whether it's from a money perspective. And I think one of the things that you've really taught me is the more I go inside myself, the more I can give to others. The more I can mm. like heal myself, the more I can heal others. It's not the, the opposite. It's not the more I do, the more I help, the more I'm X, Y, and Z, whatever I'm thinking I can be. And I think that's a lot of what you've been talking about lately too, because everything going on in the world has brought up all of this stuff for people. And they're really looking to you to say, oh my God, how do I deal with this? Yeah. You have a ton of great resources. I mean, even Dear Gabby on Wednesday, just being able to tune in and get advice from you. I feel like you are really good at creating these shifts in the moment with people. And that's what you always did in live events that now you're translating online, which is so cool and so inspirational for other people who did and have done in-person stuff Mm -hmm. to figure out how to make it work now in this climate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's about being creative and nimble and recognizing that while our outside experiences have changed, that doesn't stop the art that's meant to come through us and to use the resources that we have to let that art come through, much like you're doing right here with this podcast and how I'm doing with Dear Gabby. I don't have a stage, but I have this chair and I have this phone and I have this internet and I have a much bigger audience that I can touch as a result of that. So interestingly enough, my audiences have gone from a thousand in the room to thousands on social media. So you can see the silver lining in the shifts when we have the desire to see that way. Now, you know, for some people, it may be much different. You know, you have to physically go to a job to do your job, right? But it's really a time for being very open to creative possibilities. So 
we can be in a consciousness that has an awareness of what could be rather than staying stuck in what can't be. The way that you say that too is so perfect because one of the things I've been imparting on my clients is right now feels very dark, but you get to be the light in this. You get to show how you can show up for people, even when it feels weird. Selling clothes, being a boutique owner is not necessarily something we would think of as always changing people's lives. But the way that women are showing up for other women especially online, to sell these clothes with fun and really spreading their light, the ripple effect is real. And I'm really seeing a huge uplift in just people are shopping more, number one, but oh also God, totally. they're sitting people are they're feeling shopping. good. Yeah, but people, totally. like that's how they're choosing to feel good right now, right? Because we can't go out and go to a store. So it's really- You know, it's so funny you said that because like um, in the beginning of the quarantine, I was like, you know, everyone's like, halt, you know, don't spend any money. Don't do this. It's a, right. you know, I went from gifting myself like designer handbags randomly, right? Which was something that I never did. I was never brought up with any money, right? But then as I started to grow my business, I shifted my mindset of like, you know, I just did an event for like, I remember it was something I have in the airport where I was like in the airport coming home from Sydney in January. And I had just done an event for a thousand people in Australia and I traveled across the world to do this event and the event was very abundant and I felt really good about that. And I was like, you know what? And I saw this, it's going to sound stuff, but I just want to talk about it from a standpoint of abundance. Yeah. But I saw this girl online in the duty free and she was wearing this like little Gucci bag, this like little pink Gucci bag. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I love that bag. It looks so cute. And then I walked past the duty free, you know, the Gucci store and like, of course it's duty free. And I was like, go in there and buy that bag and like in the airport just walked in and just bought the little gucci but meanwhile like i overpaid for some little piece of you know like thing with the gucci label it just be real but the the metaphor of that for me was you know i worked myself and flew across the country and had an abundant experience and you know what i'm gonna gift myself something right now right and so it's like i look at that little bag right now it's actually the only bag i've been using lately because i barely barely go anywhere so i just throw my wallet in my like and my mask and my gloves in this little gucci bag and so you know it's the only thing I've been, but it, rep- it resembles this, like the ability to walk in there and just buy that for myself as a gift resembled this reciprocal effect of like me putting that energy in and then giving it back to myself even though it's just this you know labeled symbol so anyway, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous and I'm not trying to brag like, oh, I can just walk into stores and buy Gucci bags. But the point was like, it was a moment in time where I realized I can give that to myself because I've worked in, I've worked so hard to be able to afford it, but also to give myself a gift, to reward myself. Whether it was a lipstick or a Gucci bag, it doesn't matter. It's just, this is the thing that I had my eye on. Let me go, get, I'm going to give that to myself. So anyway, the point is, is, I went there and I completely detoured Emily because the Gucci bag story had a metaphor, but more importantly, that habit of like, let me just go buy a bag was like, I'm not doing that. It's quarantine, whatever. So I stopped buying things that just like shut it all down. I was just like buying canned food, like canned food and toilet paper. And then, um, you know, I'm a global ambassador for Lululemon and they started sending me some gifts. Like they were like, they sent me a massager and they sent me uh, yoga clothes and they sent me like all these like remnant clothes. Just, they were just sending me things, sending me things. And 
I think it was because like, you know, being an ambassador for them, they're just really caring for us often. And every week when these gifts were coming in the mail, it was like these like moments of like, yes, like I have something arriving and it's this exciting moment. And what is it now? And, you know, so I think that's where that, that drive to, to shop online is happening right now in a big way whether it's something expensive or something inexpensive, it's like, you know, I'm, I like, I'm sitting at the door right now, like waiting for my nail polish to arrive. Right. <laughs> Cause it's just, you know, it's an exciting moment. I went into the biggest detour right now, but that was uh, there was two stories in that one long winded riff right there, baby. <laughs> no, you are speaking everyone that listens language. Trust me, because I think there is that that energy exchange as a boutique owner, you're always exchanging energy with your customers, with your right. clients, you know, whether they're, whether they're just watching you or whether they're actually buying from you, there's always an energy exchange. And you're so hitting on a point that like, I think a lot of boutique owners miss from the consumer standpoint, because truly you're speaking from a consumer perspective of, right. Like, I can't wait to get that thing at my door because my life is kind of boring, right? <laughs> like I'm yeah, not traveling like around the world anymore. Feeling of, yeah, it's a, it's a feeling of excitement. As a boutique owner, if you can get yourself grounded in the service of that and what it means that you're you know, bringing light into people's doorstep with this package and you're giving women and, and men you know, these moments of excitement and just the gifting element of that, is uh, if you can get into that energy, I think that will create a lot of abundance for the business. Oh, 100% because that energy is showing up at that door. Mm -hmm. And whether mm -hmm. you and that customer know, there mm -hmm. again continues that energy exchange. That's right. That's it's right, my love. so important. And I think there is a lot of people feeling kind of overwhelmed right now, feeling like, oh, what's next? I know for me, the uncertainty of the, you know, when you said, oh, I wanted to shut everything down. You know, I think that was kind of caused by the uncertainty of where we're going, what's happening. You know, things have shifted so much. But for me, that's actually, and I've seen it in you, is made me root down more into having practices habits mm -hmm. like you're talking mm -hmm. about like even uh i watch these youtube cooking people chefs <laughs> and this guy said quarantine's such a wonderful time to develop your home cooking practice and i was like okay yeah and i see you doing that too and i feel like it's those rooted in just simplicity of life that's what we're being thrown back into right now is how simple can we make our life? How easy can it be? I would love for you to talk a little bit about some of the things you've been doing in terms of daily practices to help you feel grounded and feel safe during this really strange moment in history. <laughs> I've doubled down on my personal growth. I have gone through radical transformational shifts since March. I'm becoming newer and newer every day. I recognized early on in this experience that I could either let it kick everything up or I could go deep into the recovery. That's an opportunity that all of us have. We have the opportunity to go deeper in or we have the option to go and numb out. And so I decided not to numb out. I've been doing, I do a 40 minute meditation practice. That's why we started here at 1240 because at 12 to 12:40, I do my meditation practice every single day. It's a non-negotiable for me to get that 40 minutes in 
particularly around this time, it is a practice of 20 minutes of journaling and 20 minutes of meditation. And then uh, I also have a second meditation that I do when I wake up in the morning. So I start my day with a meditation. I have extreme sleep hygiene rules around uh, just no phones an hour before bed. I don't have any devices in my room. I uh, don't have any big talk before I fall asleep. Everything's just like really, I have a downtime routine. Just really slow it down, slow it down so that I can have these, you know, those nights of just pure uh, relaxation and deep sleep, deep sleep. Sleep is important right now. Mm-hmm. So many of us have mm-hmm. gone for years not sleeping enough mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean, I find myself, of course, childless, sleeping like 11 hours some nights just because my body needs it. And I, you can. yeah, there's no, there's no pressure on that. I mean, I think what you're saying too, in terms of meditation, so my people get really sticky on like, what kind of meditation? What are you actually, you know, are you doing your transcendental meditation? Are you doing guided meditation? Like kind of what's your favorite meditations to do right now? So I do transcendental meditation where I repeat a mantra. You have to get trained as a four-day training. They give you a mantra. You don't talk about your mantra. And then you repeat that mantra over and over for 20 minutes. And it's your, it's your anchor. It's your point of focus as you're meditating. It gives you the freedom to really just in many ways not get stuck in the loop and the stories and the, and the dramas that you like to create in chaotic ways. I'm a guided meditation kind of gal and you have good guided meditations that I definitely use the you are a light worker meditation is. Oh yeah, that's yours. That's it's yours. on my iPhone uh, as like a quick link, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll, I tend to mm-hmm. work out. I'll sweat a lot mm-hmm. a little bit and then I'll smooth. I'll do a little Kundalini moves and then mm-hmm. I'll kind of settle in and do, I think that one's like on a fort. 13 or 14 minute minute. Like it's a pretty mm-hmm. long meditation. You give a lot of time mm-hmm. in it where you're not talking to, which is mm-hmm. where I tend to like let things go. Cool. Oh, good. I want to talk about your new book that's coming out. Cause you're just like pumping out the books. I mean, super attractor. If you haven't read it, I send it to like everyone because <laughs> they're just read it, read it, read it. But you have a cool new like audible book coming out, right? Which I like mm-hmm. are big listeners. So I want to talk mm-hmm. about it because I know they're going to be shipping packages and have their headphones. Mm-hmm. In. So mm-hmm. can you tell us more about it? Yeah. So the new audible book. Yes. I am really excited. It's really funny. Uh, you know this because you've watched my books evolve over the years, but it's almost like the universe tells me what to write because this book, I started writing this book uh, in December and it was a book about, it's called You Are the Guru. And it's a book about how we can begin to establish practices for moving through difficult times and relying on ourselves. It's about self-reliance and it's about community and connection and creating sustainable patterns and pathways so that we don't we don't fall apart. Could that be more timely than it is right now? I don't think so. So this was just massive. It was so massive that there was an opportunity to really just dial it up and go rewrite a million times because 
as I was submitting the book, the quarantine happened. So I went in and rewrote as it related to that. And then when I was putting the finishing edits on the book, we were going through, we started to really wake up in a much greater way around the Black Lives Matter movement. When it became clear to me, I had to be much more conscious and willing to recognize the shameful parts of ourselves that have been unwilling to witness our privilege and just to go into the manuscript and adjust it for the messages of the time so that it really is what we need at the moment. And so I'm, I'm proud of this, this book. It's, it's short. It's a 30,000 word book, uh, audible experience, whereas normally I write a 60,000 word book and it's coming out first in audio, which is completely new for me, but it's sort of like uh, the four agreements or just like something where it's like, I can take those messages and just live by them. They're miracle messages throughout the, throughout the book. And, and the, each message has, has a very meaningful statement that guides the the listener through their own journey of really accepting that they have the power to be their own guru. So cool. And I know that you even have some free audible meditate, at least one meditation that I have on my audible. So even if you're listening and the book has not come out yet, or you, you know, you're in the middle of listening to the book, that's a pretty cool resource that you've given audible listeners is just a really beautiful meditation there, which if you're new to Gabby, great way to start is listening because you have a great voice to listen to. Too. I always buy your books on audible too, just to keep it in my head. I think this whole idea of reprogramming that we're talking about, like one of the easiest ways in the past five, six years that I've been reprogramming is just with headphones in my ears listening to teachers, listening to mentors, listening to books. And my life is totally different. And it continues to change. As you say, I think this is the cool part about being an adult with agency now is we can say our life is changing all the time. Like Greg's favorite line to me, (laughs) he said it forever, is everything's changing all the time. That's right. whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's not what you want, whether it's always changing. And to me, that's what I've really embraced during COVID is just knowing everything's changing. Yeah. I have to live through it. Any last words for our boutique owner friends and mindset work? Because this is where I'm focusing a lot of my work in the next couple of years with my new book coming out this year. We're planning a New Year's launch. Boutique owners, I think the energy stuff is so important, but in terms of just kind of moving through the rest of this year with grace and calm has been a big one for me. Like, what would you leave people with? I think that there's a lot right now that we have to lean into around acceptance. Accepting our circumstances. Look, certain things we cannot accept, right? We cannot accept the racial injustice. We cannot accept some of the political propaganda. We cannot, there's certain things that we should not be acceptable and we have to speak up about them. And then there's situations like the fact that we have to live in a way that's different, that if we don't accept it, we will live in this constant state of resistance. So the practice of accepting what is so that we can really release that resistance will give us the strength to show up for this time 
with more creativity and, and our greater ability to receive in, intuitive information and inspired ideas. So it's, a, it's our responsibility to really wake up to the fact that we can't resist this pandemic. It is very much occurring around us. We have to do our part to stay safe. We have to do our part, most importantly, to be in acceptance of what is so that we can really survive and, and thrive at this time. So gross. Thank you so much for being here. If, I'm going to put all the resources in the links and all that stuff, but it's such an honor to have you on the podcast and just such an honor to have you as a friend. It's such an honor to have you as my friend. I love you so much, Em. I love you. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.